The material provided today is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. Consult with a financial professional for your own needs. Johnny, Sestina, and company disclaims any and all liability for the interpretation and use of the content provided today. I need help getting out of my student loan I'm debt. so worried. How am I going to afford taking care of my When's parents? When's a good time to get into the market? I'm really not sure when I should start taking my Social Security. I wonder if I have enough insurance. I wonder when I can retire. It's time to talk about your money. Managing to be wealthy. Our team of fee-only financial planners is ready to help you to create better financial habits. Envision your long-term goals and understand money management better than ever. Our resident hosts of Johnny, Sestina, and Company are on deck to show you the way. Welcome to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan, and joining me this evening is Tony Payne, John Sestina. All of us are certified financial planners. Good afternoon. Good evening. How are you, Tony? It's a great evening. It's it is. A great day. Great day. I'm excited. John, how are you? I'm doing better than I deserve. Excellent. Are you guys excited because we are around the corner and we might get back to normal commercials again on TV? Ooh. Well, I skip commercial. <laughs> you know, I have a DVR, so I just uh, zip right by them anyway. But, uh, oh, Lord, it'd be nice to not get the 5,000 emails a day. That, too. <laughs> it's funny. When, I moved, when we moved from D.C. back in 2001, I was shocked at the volume of political ads because in D.C. it was very – not that I watched a lot of TV, but there was not a lot of political ads compared yeah. to compared to great Ohio because yeah. I never realized how important of the – we call it the purple state, right, where uh, it's a decisive state as far as making the decision on political um, polls and so forth. So I was shocked at the volume. At here we are. It's coming down to home stretch, and uh, hopefully we can get back to normal viewing. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting old, Stephen. I like some commercials sometimes. You yeah. know, good emotional. I, I root for a corporation. I get excited. It's like, yeah, they're doing good. Yeah. I did vote. I voted early. Went, went up to the uh, place up on yep, Morse the board Road, of elections. Board of there. elections and looked a lot of people in line, and it moved real fast. And I was pleased with the uh, experience. Yeah, that's a great thing. Yeah. It's nice when things work out. I, I did the same thing. You know, I walked up there, and it was uh, intimidating at first, but then it was also inspiring a little bit just to see everybody out participating. It's a good thing. That's what it takes, people being involved. Yeah. Well, Bobby and I are going to go Tuesday morning, and we're going to stand in whatever line there is. It might not and- be much of a line based on what they're saying, the number of people voting. Well, that's entirely true. But you know what? You've heard me say before, I wish we ought to have a national day of election. Yeah, Everyone votes on the same day. All this other nonsense is crazy, except for those people who are debilitated, need help, mm-hmm. and then get to it correctly. What I mean, what, what has happened to us? We're, everyone can't meet the needs anymore. It's terrible. Yeah. I, I was shocked when in, in school when I learned that only it was about 50% of the population voted. I was floored because uh, as a kid uh, growing up, I saw my grandfather get dressed up in a suit. He was to the nines, like he was going to a wedding. Yeah. And I'm like, what's going on? My dad's like, he's going to vote. And he's, it's, it's his moment. He came to this country for that freedom. Oh, that's great. And, and I, it hit me like, I was like, wow, okay, I get it then. And that's why I vowed. I was like, when I can vote, I'm never going to miss that opportunity. Cause I learned from that experience what my grandfather again, came to this country. Not, he came here for that reason to have a say, to have a vote. And he took advantage of it, but he was very proud of that moment. 
That's right. Well, so. Too bad, Stephen. You won't be disappointed this year because there'll be 150 percent of the voting. <laughs> oh, settled. <laughs> oh, go. Here we go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, with that introduction. Yes, and with that, let's go on <laughs> to the next topic. <laughs> but here's the next topic is equally interesting for the year 2020. Uh, we had the GDP report come in for the third quarter, and it was an eye opener, right? Where they basically the GDP was up uh, 30, 33.1 percent. Versus a 32% expectation. Right. And it, oh, it comes on the heels incredible. of a drop of 31%. Uh, so it, it's funny how it, it counterbalanced each other. But that was astronomical results, positive. Uh, you know, one person said, oh, I thought it was going to be higher, but I'm just glad it beat the expectations originally. So I think that's very positive news when it comes to the economy. Yeah, we're definitely in a V recovery, as we've heard. So that's good. And Tony, any thoughts on the GDP? Well, when we think about it, it's in, the next biggest GDP is a number. It looked like was sixteen percent, and that was the back, second largest. Yeah, the second largest increase was sixteen percent, and that was in nineteen fifty. So when they talk about the post-war boom, I mean, what a boom then! I mean, that's a great increase over time. And obviously, this scenario is quite dramatic, right? Because we, we turned off the force yeah. faucet, and now we just turned it back on. Exactly. Right. Okay. And back then, it was more perhaps a, a organic event. industrial revolution. And sixteen percent right. GDP growth. Oh my! I mean, yeah. that's China in its heyday. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is astronomical. It's the highest. Per- in the country's history, just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it was great. It's great to see. We need it too, right? And now I think the the next chapter after our election, regardless of the outcome, is going to be the stimulus package. Uh, my, you know, we're getting a lot of questions on, oh, what's the market going to do, and blah blah blah, the economy. And again, we don't, we're not pro. We don't want to have our yeah, crystal ball, yep. right? We don't want to go there. Uh, but I do say that my biggest fear right now is the spending. Oh yeah. I'm like this how much how big of a check are we can you continue to write? Is it well, how big is the credit well, card? Well, what? Stephen, that's why we have a budget department. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? Cuz just like a household they do budgets, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, on Phantom that, budget, but we're actually yeah. going to talk about that today, so that's a good little segue. But and, go ahead. Well, on that note though, it's funny. I'll say do you want to melt your noodle now or boil your noodle because the idea here is with all the debt that's been added, those same budgeteers who are crooking the numbers there, our national debt actually looks better as a country because the interest rate they forecast went down. Yes. So when you look at it, even though we borrowed more and piled on the debt, because the interest rate and the forecast goes down, it actually looks better as a payoff strategy. It, it's sad, right? And that's what one of the things we've it's said amazing. on this show is with these near zero interest rates, the number one beneficiary is the national deficit. M- max out the whole equity loan, basically. I mean, <laughs> right. this is America. Borrow on it, you know. Yeah. Well, fix up the front porch. Sooner or later, start paying it down. When do we? When does? When does the? What is it? Rooster come home to nest, or what's the saying? Yeah, the chicken pay come the, to roost. Yeah, to pay yeah. the piper. Uh, if we had Craig here, he would give us a good one. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, but uh. yeah, right. When do we pay the piper here, John? It's um, that's my concern. As as just me myself, age fifty. Is this all going to pop one day? Well, we're still below 100% of GDP, right? Definitely. Debt. Yeah, definitely. So that's that's okay. That's a good sign. But, uh, yeah, you know, in my entire business life, I've heard talk about the GDP, I mean, about the debt, 
and how we were going to be destroyed by the debt and so on and so forth. There was a time when we did have that there was no debt. Do you remember that? Uh, in the history books, I'm not on sure. Paper. Yeah. yeah, the early 90s right? or late 90s. No, that yeah. was yeah, that was the classic pro forma, though. That was it, it, was, it was it was based it was, on a three percent unemployment if, rate. If it, it was if you uh, could do it now, you, it could be done now, but they couldn't. I yeah, mean, that that okay, I hear you. Yeah, what was that? What was it called? The uh, Gingrich, the deal contract deal with, with America. Contract yeah. with America. Boy, we need some kind of leadership there from the House. That would be nice to see sometime. Don't get me started. So. <laughs> yeah, Stephen, what are you doing? You oh, pulling yeah, on the string I, I am pulling on the string. Sorry. All right. Well, Sorry. you tried two times now, Tony, and I'm, retain, I'm restraining myself. Yeah, you're, you're doing awful well, John. Uh, yeah. But I, so, again, the next the next big deal thing in after the election is going to be the stimulus package. We'll see how it is structured, how who's, you know, I don't want to say who's going to benefit or not, but the, the market will benefit. And that's yeah, what I tell winners. people. There will be winners. And the stock market will be the winner because where will people spend the money? And that's what we saw people spending money on Amazon and Apple and, and, you know, Google will benefit with the ads and so forth. So there will be benefits. I do believe that holiday spending is going to be f- people are going to go nuts. So well, the, are, the but... Amazon delivery people get ready. Yeah. <laughs> right? this, yeah. uh, in this GDP, what housing was up 59 percent and uh, auto, auto sales were over 100 percent up. Right, it was unbelievable. So get into the numbers; it's really astounding. It really is, and and restaurants only they do make up one percent, which is that's the tragedy of this whole uh, COVID episode is the restaurant industry. All right, well we're coming up on another break here. When we come back, we're going to dig into cash flow, cash management, not necessarily the importance behind it, but the tools on how to do it the best way. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio six ten WTVN. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy. This is your host, Stephen Lucan. And in today's show, we are going to be talking about budgeting, cash flow management, uh, we talk. Well, we're going to talk about now the importance behind it and why it is so important. But we're going to get into the hows, which is equally important because it's it's a methodology that it almost needs to become a way of life. Just like putting on your socks and your shoes before you go outside, cash flow is so important to your financial plan. It, it is by far the most important aspect of a financial plan. Uh, John, I'm gonna. <laughs> I never forget years ago. Uh, Somebody said to you, I was sitting next to you, and somebody said to you, well, how should I do it? What, what, what should I put the cash flow on? And you go, I don't care if it's done on toilet paper. Right. <laughs> now, today, that would be a costly uh, uh, tool, right? <laughs> but, but the point, your point is just get it done. That's right. And there's you know, a lot of- We've become an America of procrastinators. It just is amazing to me how people are so apathetic about so many things. This is one you cannot be apathetic about. It's your only hope to build wealth in your life because the only source of your wealth, unless you've inherited a lot, comes from your cash flow. And if you spend everything, you cannot build wealth. That's a great point, John. I mean, the idea of if what you have is the engine, it's what you keep. That's the important part that keeps building over time. So that idea of finding out how to how to do that, what works best for you, there's a lot of different ways to do that. 
mean, there's some that we believe in more than others. Definitely paying yourself first is one that we promote a lot. You know, take some off of the top, whatever comes in, and save it for yourself. But then there's other budgetary methods out there. There's other experts out there. The idea is find a strategy, learn the strategy that works for you, and stick with it. And well, the, would you like one from a multi-billionaire? Let's hear it. I'm yeah. One of the uh, top basketball picks um, several years ago. Sure. And he, he came to the billionaire and he said, look, you've made it. You're successful. Tell me what I should do because he's talking about a lot of money. And he looked at him and he said, are you ready? Here it is. Spend less than you earn. Novel idea. Very. Yeah. Right, and that, I know it's a crushing idea, and 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 it's hard, right? Because it's always the, I'm going to make more next right, year. Make I'll more pay of the it bonus. Off, I'll finance yep. it. Come yep. on, John. Is My that restaurant is doing real well, right? right? Yeah. And then it hits, right? Yeah. So you got to go with the reality yeah. of um, today, and that's why we, a lot of people you read a lot of articles about budgets. And we, we don't like budgets, right, Tony? Yeah, it's about cash flow. Right. It's What's not your lifestyle? Bu- budgets looking forward to say, here's what I'm going to spend. And 99.9% of the time, it's never correct. You're right. right? Because you, there's always more. There's always something surprise. There's the invitations to whether it's a wedding or a party or uh, the the hot water heater breaks. All those things happen. And if you're going with a future forecast, you're not coming into the reality of what you actually spend right i mean in theory i could almost go to the grocery store and pick out uh, the ingredients to my human meal the cheapest human meal all day every the mac day and that cheese I could eat. right i draw it up on paper how i get all my carbs all my protein at the cheapest price after about a week of that pro- maybe a day of that i'm probably going to give that up and go get some other food somewhere right. else. Go get some good barbecue somewhere. And the idea somewhere. of right. that is just the microcosm of what we're talking about here with a budget. I mean, I if you run over to graders, Tony, I know. Right. I might. That's I mean, exactly my belly now, John. Right. Yeah. All right. Sorry. <laughs> um, but no, the idea is if, you, I mean, if you can't stick with it, don't be unrealistic, come up with something that's real. And usually what's real is what are you doing currently? And if you are going into bad debt and there are things accumulating, then you know, you've got to make changes and it's staring you right there in the face. Yeah. So you got to look backwards, not forwards, and because the backwards is the reality, the forward thinking is it's it's sort of a hypothesis of what it may be. So uh, look back. So how do we do this, right? So there's types of budgets we can do. So Tony, what are some of the types of of I'll say not budgets, but cash flow tools? Yeah, the strategies. T- strategies. Well, we talked a little bit. Pay yourself first. That was one we mentioned. We talk about that all the time. So proportional budget. The idea of setting percentages, you know, if this is the amount I pay you get and it fluctuates to find out 10% goes to this bucket, five goes to that bucket, and then you work off of that, that way whatever comes in is proportional and you force that savings, that may be a method that clicks for you that works. I remember having a conversation once and I said to somebody, here's what you need to save to meet your retirement goals and they and using the proportional method and they said if i you do that i'll have nothing to live on right and that shows the proportion was out of whack yep right so the spending was too high and they could if they put the certain percentage towards their savings they wouldn't have enough to live on so it was out of whack so that's the proportional budget making sure that you you segment each uh, dollar appropriately to different categories and then weight the dollars too i mean some are needs some are wants some are wishes 
And at the end of the day, you're going to have to proportionally weight which ones are going to the needs, like you said, before you can cover the wishes and wants. Right. And if you're deliberate about it, it's a good strategy. And well, it, I know a person who has a very deliberate policy, Tony, and what she used to do, this is a friend I met many years ago, Yeah. and she says, I'll never run out of money because I look at my checkbook, and as long as there's a check in there, I must have money. <laughs> that, that was a flawed strategy, John. <laughs> I hope you told her that. <laughs> they no, made I a tried. good movie about that. <laughs> Catch me if you can, right? You ever see that movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, Leo DiCaprio writes right. all the checks. Yep. Good stuff. The other, the other one, the one that I like is the actual dollar-for-dollar dollar cash flow Um just line item, and and we're going to get into what tools are available, but going dollar for dollar and yeah. saying, okay, how much was the electric bill? How much was the gas bill? How much did I spend at the grocery store? Every single transaction is is categorized, and I think that's the best approach because there's no dollar over overlooked. Right. It's very similar to how a business does it. I mean, you're looking at all the cash flow, where it all goes, line by line by line. It's there in front of you. Yeah. And and the the benefit behind that is instead of saying, oh, it's $100 a month for my gas bill or I spend on whatever it may be, you're actually, it's, no, it was $117. Right. Right. It's the exact dollar amount. And that's why when I look at budgets, somebody comes to me and says, oh, I, 100 here, 200 here, 1,000 here, 1,500 here. When I see a lot of zeros, I get concerned. Right? Round, yeah. Rounding's not your friend. No, this. it isn't. No, it isn't. My favorite was when I uh, started. I did the envelope system. Yeah, yeah. You know, I had no money at all, so I rented a safe deposit box at the bank below my office, and when I would get some money, I'd put it into these envelopes, you know, so much for electricity, so much for gasoline, etc. And you know what happened whenever I ran out of money in the envelope? You didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. I didn't spend anymore. <laughs> do you know how so. I you know how I know that answer? Because I did the same thing in college. <laughs> you had you had priorities with electricity and so forth. I had beer, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Yep, yep. So my envelope method was surrounded uh, around what beer I could drink for the week, um, college days, I guess. But but nonetheless, I did. I had forty dollars in my envelope each week, and then if I only spent it was for food and other stuff. I joke sort of but uh if there was leftovers i just had more to my discretion and it almost became a game for myself to see how much i could accumulate extra week over week so tendency because when you have money in the envelope and you get near the end it's cash number one and number two as you see it dwindle you want to preserve it's just kind of a human thing it really is kind of force a little bit of withdrawal from the spending yeah you trick yourself so, yep. all right, we're coming up on another break here, and when we come back, we're going to get into the actual tools uh, that you could use, that what's out there for the consumer, and hopefully that will give you some insight. So this was basically the, the methodology. Then we'll get into the actual tools on how to manage your cash flow. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy. This is your host, Stephen Lucan, and joining me this evening is Tony Payne, John Sestina. We are all certified financial planners. If you're interested in learning more about Managing to be Wealthy and John E. Sestina and Company, 
You can visit us at our website at managingtobewealthy.com. Just spell it out or contact our office at 614-326-3077 for a free consultation. All we ask is to fill out a questionnaire to get an idea of your situation, and then we can review that together. Complimentary, of course, and uh, hopefully that can be the foundation to your financial plan and your future. There's no time like now to start your building your financial plan. Uh, the foundation of financial planning is and always will be your cash management. And that's what we're talking about today is how to manage your cash flow. It starts with your income. Of course, you have to pay your taxes. We've got spending in there. And then it comes down to your old living expenses. And that's something we've stressed over and over again, the importance behind knowing where your money goes. And it's not about no I always tell people, it's not about no, 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 you can't spend it. It's about knowing. And knowing gives you an idea of where your money goes because everyone's different. Some people prefer a nice vacation. Other prefer maybe sporting events or a nice car. Some people don't care about driving a nice car. So, so learning how you manage your money is an important aspect of building a financial plan. There's another part of this, too. I mean, we talk sometimes about maybe not having enough, but the other side is if you have enough, how can you enjoy it, do guilt-free things, do the things that you really wanted to, and know that you're doing it the best way and for the long term in a sustainable way? So if you're taking all these steps and you know where the money's going, now you can do that. Hey, I'm going to go on a trip with this portion of the extra. I've committed my money for this, 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 and this. Now I've got something extra and I can do that. That's a great feeling. I mean, that's the most fun thing to be able to tell someone you filled all the buckets, you're reaching all your goals. Go enjoy it. Go spend. Yeah, go enjoy it. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite uh, psychologists, uh, he's on YouTube everywhere, is Jordan Peterson. And he does a lot of good teaching on not financial stuff, but on processing thinking. And he talks about the fact that if you want to be free, you first have to be disciplined. And basically, that's what we're talking about here. Because if you create a cash flow that works for you and you know what it is, whichever method we're going to talk about that works, then once you're doing that, you are free to spend money the way you want to. And that's the difference. Instead of worrying about it, get to decide what to do with it right and by no and then the other side of it too is some people have that they'll they'll do it without thinking the repercussions i.e debt management mm-hmm. right that's where they get into trouble so that's where the knowing comes into play and tony what methodology do you use i'm going to throw you on the spot here i like the spreadsheet I like uh-huh. a good you, you, you and me both <laughs> yep I, I like a good manual spreadsheet and sometimes so how do you I, do it well, I brought this up before, and I know it's a little fashion, but I just remember as a kid, my dad having the yellow legal pad out. That was always on the kitchen table. There was always stuff on it. So I just always get a yellow legal pad, start there, and then I'll start plugging that into the computer. But just sitting on the couch to go and free flow a little bit, I just start with a legal pad and go from there and then start checking against things and kind of proof out what I thought was there. But, yeah, it's usually a manual spreadsheet. Really? And then I can create okay what I need to. And once it's been done for 20 years, it becomes a complex spreadsheet. Sure does. Right. Cause you save year over year. Right. And that's what I'm at, I'm at now. It's like, I've got over a couple decades almost of, of annual expenses. And the way I use it with the spreadsheet, I like to just go into my um, checking account for my debit card, download all the transactions and I can categorize them. So I, I'm very specific with difference between dining out and lunches. They're both technically dining out, 
but one of them is at a Chipotle. The other one might be at a sit-down, dine-out. So I may get as detailed as I can. Uh, then I take my credit card transactions and add those to it. And then I have a really a broad, I have every single transaction categorized and at my disposal to see what my spending was. Right. And I actually did that as part of the analysis of moving downtown when we moved from Dublin to downtown. I looked at it and said, okay, here's what's going to change. I, I knew how much I spent on gasoline. And I knew I would be driving less. I knew how much I spent dining out and said, oh, I'm probably, we're probably going to be spending more here. So then I created my cash flow on knowing my behavioral changes. And I was able to see, okay, here's the affordability. Very pretty deep and pretty, call it psychotic, but um, it -hmm. made me feel comfortable with the decision, which is the important piece. And And it's easier to gather that data nowadays because most people pay for everything with a credit card. So you can get that from downloading your credit card statements and organize it as you did. Yeah, and that's exactly it. And even Excel now, this is a brand new feature in Excel. Uh, John, I don't know if you know about this, but it came out in like June or July. And yeah, as, I think June this year. Yeah, at, it's called, it was an add-on to Excel and it's called Excel Money. And you literally can link all your bank accounts and it will automatically update and import into Excel. And it's sort of a live running document of your transactions. It's a really nifty thing. And just from a security standpoint, they're using Plaid, which is one of the systems that a lot of the financial institutions use. So at least in that sense, I mean, nothing's 100%. But looking at it from that side, it was, okay, this is better than I... At first I heard about it, I was like, how does this work? And I had to dive in and it was, wow, that's pretty neat. Yeah, I hit a roadblock when I, I have to have a personal Microsoft license for Excel versus a work or school license. You don't still have your university login? <laughs> all, right, all right. We had Lotus 123, <laughs> Tony. We did right, not have right. Excel. Right, so, um, John, I know you didn't have Lotus 123. <laughs> oh, I had the one before that. So. Yeah, right. So, so yeah, that's that's a, the spreadsheet's a great way to do it. The other way, you know, you hear people use Quicken. Quicken is a great tool. It's constantly being updated. It's a It's a sort of a you know, a, a tool, a, a software that's available. I know pe- some people who are familiar with Quicken love Quicken for cash flow management. Especially if you have a business, too, depending on your right. level of complexity to link those things together is nice. And then there's other tools out there, too. I mean, you need a budget, YNAB. It's a neat little tool out what, there. What is it called? Uh, YNAB, you need a budget. You need a YNAB, you need a budget. Okay. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's $12 a month. It's a neat way. It, it really helps you track your spending. It gives you a few options that you can customize things. Again, not really a plug here for any one or another. Mint is another one out there. Right, uh, very popular, Mint. Yeah, right? Mint is a great one. They've been around a while. They've been doing this uh, for quite some time so the idea is they've done it they've filled in the security holes it works sometimes you get interruptions in the sites you just have to go and correct it yeah Uh, but all these different tools are pretty neat because it does the work for you right you do you have to do the categorizing though yeah. So it'll do the collection, but if you categorize it, you get a really neat picture where your money's going. Yeah, and you and, guys better be worried because with all these tools, they won't need financial planners. I know. Well, somebody will need to remind them how important it is. <laughs> so, right. Well, they'll learn there's more to it than just downloading data. That's for sure. That's for sure. And 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 all of these again, Tony, you made a good point. It's like we're not here to selling these specific use whatever works john you made a good point credit cards and i've seen people they use their credit cards for everything and i'm like that's great get the number 
Get the number at the end of the month, write it down. Get the end of, uh, at the end of the next month, write it down. And just start documenting because that's, that's the key. Find what works for you. It's not about one specific way to do it. It's just find w- what works for you and what you're comfortable with. And then you can go through and analyze it. And that's what we'll go through in the next part here, too, is what to do with all this data once you found it and collected it. That sounds good. And, yeah, so the, the analyzing is the next step. Uh, I think there was one more I saw was called Wally. Um, it's oh, a free, right, free yeah. budget tracker using Android and iOS to track expenses on the go. That's the other thing too, is some people like to, uh, even for collecting receipts. Now you can literally take a photo of the receipt, enter the transaction while the transaction's happening. It's all a great little tool. Uh, so these are all different ways and different tools at your disposal to help you, uh, manage your spending and tracking your cash flow. When we come back, we're going to get back into how do you analyze the data. Uh, you're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy with fee only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to Be Wealthy. This is your host, Stephen Lucan, and in today's show, we're talking about cash flow management, cash flow tools, how to best an, uh, implement cash flow into your financial plan. It is the foundation of a financial plan and, and knowing where your money is and where it goes and, and how much is left over. Isn't that an important part? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? So you've, you've used all these tools. You've collected all the data. You know how much you spent at the gas station last month. Now what do you do with it? I mean, I think the important part is to go through and A, look at all that data that's been collected automatically or through your spreadsheets, however, whatever method you're doing, because a budget has to be living and breathing because numbers are going to change, prices are going to change, income is going to change. All of those are factors that go into this analysis. And the idea is, are you doing enough to get ahead for the long term? So when you go through this analysis, we love to look at how much of that is going to savings, Because so much we say, well, you get it and it goes to living expenses. Well, there has to be something in the middle there, and that middle is savings. And that's the big picture. That's what we're worried about, right? That's what we preach with financial planning is making sure there's enough for the years when you stop having income. And saving for short short circumstances, too, like your car breaks down. You need to have some savings for that. Right. John, I remember you you even talked about even to the point of having separate accounts – for replacing the refrigerator, the hot water heater, the car. Is, is that something you still would recommend? Absolutely. I mean, people, you know, you have all these things in your house. You know they're going to break down sooner or later. And you don't want to be sitting there and all of a sudden everything hits at once or you get surprised. The key to successful, peaceful financial planning is knowledge, being prepared and not being surprised. And and th- that's... And with the accounts, the way the banks work these days, you can get the accounts that aren't going to charge you fees. So to have an extra savings account, two or three, uh, that's available to you. So see if you can do it at a, a free environment where you're not paying um, monthly dues or anything yeah. for the account maintenance. And set up a, where you put an extra $100 a month for that next car, $100 a month for the refrigerator or the dishwasher, whatever it is that you think may be coming down the road where it's going to be a replacement. It also brings reality to your family because you don't think of those things when you're creating your budget ordinarily. And so you're going along and all of a sudden, boom, the refrigerator breaks. 
and you have to go finance it. Boo hiss. Yeah. The other thing I talked about when it comes to analysis of the data is, as I said, be specific with the categories. Try not to, you know, if you if your miscellaneous category is as large as, let's say, your groceries, right. that's a problem. Right. Credit card <laughs> is not a category. Credit card is debt. Interest right. is the category. Right. What did you spend on the credit card is the category. Yes, yes. let's be Steven, clear. Uh, do you have a category for Halloween? No, because oh, I do not goodness. participate in Halloween. I am anti-Halloween. Don't look um, at me like I, that. I, no, I, I didn't. I didn't know that we were on that level together because okay. Halloween night. I'm playing Christmas music. I'm there getting you. excited for the season. I'm that guy. I'm sorry. The best. The best day for me is November first. I have a category for that where it's called candy on sale. Right, where you can get all that's the best. The day after uh, Halloween, the day after Christmas, the day after Easter, you can get some really good deals on chocolate. That's my downfall. You, you notice yeah. that by tracking your spending. And my and you spending. Saw April. From, you were like, "Oh, that's a big candy <laughs> month." This guy's running the Kroger yep. every uh, December twenty sixth. What's right. going on here? Right. So, no. so yeah. So that's that's an important piece is the categories and making sure that uh, you're specific in the categories. Uh, even travel, right? Travel's a big deal because there's a lot of variable expenses as well. Typically, it is. And then the other part, and you kind of said it there, is. It, the type of account or the vehicle, we'll call it, that you use for your spending is important, too. So a debit card, that's great. Typically, there's not many fees on that. We like credit unions sometimes. There's not a lot of fees there for your banking, usually. So you want to be deliberate, too, on your spending to say, how much does it cost me to access or spend my money? Because then you can start to make better decisions also. Right. You know, should I earn a higher return here by investing in, let's say, an online high-yield account, a savings account? Or should I go to the local bank and get some points or get a bonus card for debit card rewards? Right, because cash not... rewards. You hear a lot about the cash yeah. rewards, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And these are little ways that, you know, if you know what you're spending, then you can play the game. You know, no one would really come out and say, oh, just sign up for an airline card or use the rewards card. No, that typically leads to bad debt carried over at a very high interest rate. But if you know what you're spending and you're disciplined and you're tracking that and then you just flip the switch to go to a different type of vehicle, a different card, but now this card has more rewards or different flexibility, now you're not falling into the trap paying that super high interest rate, but you can take advantage of some of the bonuses and all that available, which is a neat thing. You, you like using the rewards rewards points system it's a fun little thing to track because it changes so much i mean it's like the arms race between these different companies i mean that's their marketing yeah they want to incentivize people to sign up and use their program but that's the that's the the problem is you're, you could always be flipping and adding buying getting new credit cards and then you have another it does affect your credit report and then you have multiple credit cards out there that's my fear so i found one that i liked okay and i something i use it's travel Yep. Related, so it, it's one of the airlines. Boom! This is the one I really enjoy. Yep. I'm going to use that the most, and I use it for my towards my travel. Okay, so that I can sense. use points for yep. upgrades for and travel. get a little more leg room here and there. And uh, we use that as part of our budgeting for travel. See, and that makes sense because if you're deliberate and you know, and it may even have a fee, it may not, but if you know what the fee is and you can analyze, well, I get my bags and I know I go on five, six trips a year, well, then that's worth it. Right. If you're not doing that analysis because you don't have the numbers ready at your fingertips, now you're just guessing. It might be a $250, $500 fee card and you're throwing money out the window because you don't spend that, but if you're deliberate, now you can take advantage of those things like you said. 
I mean, the idea of the average American has about 11 cards in their wallet. Scary. I mean, that's too many. That's yes. definitely too many. But right. the idea of pick a couple, perhaps, if you're disciplined. And not these are not things for everyone, but if you're disciplined, then you can utilize them to your favor. And if not, the envelope method we talked about earlier is a great way to make sure that you're not going into the bad debt. Right. If, you, if you've recovered from that bad debt, you got to be careful and maybe not fall victim again to the, the spending habits. So that's very important is learning that what's your behavior when it comes to it. The other, the other aspect of, you know, we talked about points, we talked about travel. The other side of it, too, is with the details of the cash flow and living expenses, come tax time, what were your medical expenses? What, how much, you know, your contributions that make my HSA say, oh, yep, there it is. HSA contribution was made or my IRA contribution. It's in the cash flow. That's the other thing, too, is it'll make your life a lot easier come tax time. Lots of good planning can be done because it's all the information's there. You're making people scared, Stephen. Why? It sounds like you're getting organized. <laughs> <laughs> don't like the organization aspect of things? I don't think most people are very organized, and that's what we're trying to help them get toward. Yeah. and it, But but it becomes second. I wasn't very organized 20 years ago. I thought yeah. I was, but the more I it just became accustomed to it, I have it's my a, habits now, right? It's, it's, habit. it's, right. it's, it's almost, and it could be a, a compulsive, what is it, a compulsive uh, behavior, right? Yeah. Behavior where I'm now I'm, it's all I worry about or do, but that but that's part of it because it's not a big deal anymore. I've learned how to do it. It's man, it works for me. It's not doesn't work for everybody, but it works for me. And that's again, that's the point is just find a system that works for you, and you know, cash management, cash flow. Have a tool that you can use, linking bank accounts, doing for analysis. Uh, very very important part. It is the foundation of a financial plan. Uh, if you'd like to learn a little bit more about managing to be wealthy and John E. Sestina and Company, you can look us up on the web at managingtobewealthy.com. And and the other thing too is if you're interested in listening to past radio shows, share that you can get it through iTunes. Share the link with your friends, family. Maybe they can pick up a little uh, hints on how to better manage their financial plan. Uh, we're, we're ending the show here. It was a good topic. It is the foundation. Hopefully, I'm sure we'll talk about it again. Uh, look, tune in next week for another show. You've been listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN.